0: Welcome into the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett. We are brought to you by SeatGeek. Use our promo code 49ersAccess for $20 off your first purchase. And by the time you are listening or watching to this, I will hopefully be an engaged man if everything goes as planned. So I guess congratulations to myself and my wonderful, hopeful, eventual fiance uh we're having a good time we're now engaged hopefully oh and again um but let's dive into what actually matters here the 49ers over my my eventual fiance and engagement let's talk about the san francisco 49ers uh and let's talk about a conversation that's actually been kind of bothering me because a lot of times when a player a certain player uh tends to either be close to an extension Or be close to hitting free agency, this conversation of should you trade them, always seems to kind of rear its ugly head, and you can debate as to keep this guy and trade that guy, and keep this guy and trade the other guy, and this conversation has kind of come up again, and it is between Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, and I've seen many fans out there discuss, you know, trade Brandon Ayuk, get what you can for him now, and trade Debo Samuel, and we'll dive into a little more into how that can happen and if it actually can or can't happen. But this conversation really has stemmed from Brandon Ayuk is expecting to get a contract extension next offseason, a whole year to go. So many things can happen, but he's expecting a big-money contract extension. And with Debo Samuel coming off of a down year in 2022... And the unknown of what could happen in 2023, fans have been debating what should the San Francisco 49ers do with their star receivers. Now, let's get one thing clear first. We have no idea who they'll restructure. That's become kind of a commodity in the offseason. Christian McCaffrey got it this past year, Fred Warner and George Kittle got it two years ago. Like they are going to restructure somebody and If things stay the way they are now, they could carry over around $9 million in cap space, which could affect how they spend and who they spend it on. But at this very moment, the Niners, at least the conversation is, the Niners are going to have to decide between Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel. And I think to dive into the conversation, to dive into the debate here, I think the easiest way to break down both of these players is discuss who they were the last couple seasons, what are their highs, what are their lows, but also what is the outlook in 2024 because that is really the season we're looking at here. And the broader conversation is, look, this is a huge year for both players. Brandon Ayuk wants to get paid. He has to come out and do what he did last year again and arguably even more If he wants that big payday on the flip side, Debo Sanyo coming off the down year in 2022, he has to kind of find and kind of find who he was in 2021 all over again and be that player to have fans say, you know, you deserve to stay or, you know, not be a victim of getting cut, which I don't think is going to happen by any chance, but more so of, are you the player we paid you to be? is that the Debo Samuel we're going to get, or are we going to get 2022 Debo Samuel, which is a fine Debo Samuel. I like that Debo Samuel, but I prefer, as most do, the 2021 All-Pro, one of the best, if not the best season ever by a San Francisco 49ers receiver, Debo Samuel. But again, what are these players going to be? And look, there's a ton of pressure on both of these guys. I think. You know, a large part of the conversation is Debo Samuel has to watch out. He better watch out for Brandon Ayuk. He's coming for his job. He's gunning for that number one receiver title. And with that title comes that gigantic paycheck. Can San Francisco afford to pay both of them? And I think the answer is yes, but also no. And let's dive into that right now. Let's let's figure out together who the best option to keep, and maybe who even the best option to cut is for the San Francisco 49ers come 2024, a whole year that actually isn't even happened yet because we haven't even witnessed the entirety of 2023. But let's go into the future, get into your DeLorean with me, be my doc to my Marty, and let's drive off, hit the megawatts, hit the megahertz, And let's look into the future for one second here. And let's discuss 2024. In 2024, Brandon Ayuk will be 26 years old. Again, coming off a season in 2022 where he led this team in targets. Had over 115, I believe. Led the team in receptions. Had 78. Had his first 1,000-yard receiving season finished second on the team in receiving touchdowns with eight, and in 2023, or excuse me, 2024, going to be playing on his fifth-year option of $14.1 million. That is the circumstance of or for Brandon Ayuk that we know of heading into the 2024 season. On the inverse, you have Debo Samuel. In 2024... Debo Samuel will be going into his age 28 season, coming off a down year where he was second on the team in targets, third in receptions with 56, third on the team in receiving yards with 632, and also third with five total touchdowns. But look, it's tough because when you look at Debo Samuel and the way he plays and the aggression, the physicality. We talked earlier this week that that is a reason why, and that that does define part of this Niners' defense. This does really, you know, kind of the way Devo Samuel plays is the offensive style Kyle Shanahan wants to play. Smash mouth football in your face, run the ball 45 times, beat you in every way possible. There's a reason why he has guys like Chris McCaffrey Kyle Juszczyk, and Debo Samuel. Versatile players that can do so many different things. George Kittle. Even Brandon Ayuk fits that mold, but not as much as Debo Samuel, being a running and receiving threat that Debo has shown to be since 2021 and even part of 2019. But he does miss many, many games. Uh, Got hurt a little bit in 2020, got hurt again in 2021 albeit very small because he wasn't showed to be almost the entirety of the offense that year but in 2022 missed a handful of games only played 13 games out of the 17 he almost and he kind of just missed a catastrophic season-ending injury against the Buccaneers thank the good lord that didn't happen he even thought that was gonna happen when he went down but missed an injury there because of the way he likes to play your body breaks down on you so with San Francisco investing so much money into him the question is okay which Debo Samuel are you going to get are you going to get 2021 all pro over 2,000 yards 16 touchdowns that single handedly led the offense Debo Samuel or are you gonna get 56 reception 630 yards five touchdown Debo Samuel There's pressure on both sides here. I think both players put a ton of pressure on themselves. Uh, Brandon Ayuk said, I'm going to take off. Debo Samuel said, I was awful last year. Both these guys have things to prove. But this debate being, who should the San Francisco 49ers keep? I don't really think is centered in the right mindset, because I don't really think San Francisco has to choose. Um, There is this thing that isn't common, but uh, many fans should think about this. Uh, Let 2023-2024 season play out. Uh, Knock on wood, things happen. Injuries happen. Hope they don't, but they do. Um, Maybe Ayuk doesn't play as well. Maybe Debo comes back to who he is, and you feel more justified or comfortable paying him that money, which, let's be honest here, it isn't even our money, it's their money, so do what you want with it, but being a fan of the team, being someone who covers the team, you want them to, you know, use their money wisely, and as of this moment, this team has paid for 2022 Debo Samuel, not 2021 Debo Samuel, and you can argue that maybe the way Debo plays, he's going to, you know, descend into a place where he is 2022 and potentially worse Debo Samuel because of the physicality and the injuries and the usage, whereas Brandon Ayuk might be ascending into a star number one receiver role, which I think he is. I think Brandon Ayuk looks like a star. He plays like a star. He is this team's best receiver. Again, he's been slicing and dicing in camp and OTAs. Like, he looks like the best receiver on this team. And we haven't seen Debo Samuel yet, and we'll see him come training camp, but from what Brandon Ayuk has shown, he looks like a star. Um, He showed last year what he can do. He's an amazing route runner. Um, He he can create so much separation in very short windows that benefits this offense a lot. So, it's kind of a pick-your-poison, you know, do you want Debo Samuel on the field? Um... Because you paid him so much, or do you would you be open to, or at least some fans have shown to be open to the discussion of moving on from Debo Samuel? Um, I do think part of that conversation does stem from the idea that Chris McCaffrey has taken some of the thunder from Debo Samuel, but I like to have some thunder and lightning, so why not have Debo and Chris McCaffrey be thunder and lightning for you? But I understand that conversation. We dove into it when I talked about my four most important players on the San Francisco 49ers. And there's a reason why I left Debo Samuel off that list was because of Chris McCaffrey, because of what he means to the offense. And he has taken some of the snaps, the targets, the yards, the touchdowns away from Debo Samuel, and I think many fans, even including myself to a certain point, say Christian McCaffrey is a more dynamic player. Um, They'll be the exact same age next season in 2024. Um, They're the exact same age right now. Now, you can argue that one or the other has more tread on the tires, but I don't think that matters with McCaffrey or Debo. I think McCaffrey takes care of his body a lot more than Debo does. Uh, Debo's already admitted that he kind of let himself slip in 2022 when he wanted the big contract um and he even said himself like I was distracted I I messed up I I put things on tape I never want to see again and when when you have to meet with Kyle Shanahan and you go over tape and it's just like you have your head down and saying man like I messed up like I I did not put my best foot forward and I think Debo Samuel sees that and so when you have a motivated Debo Samuel and you don't know what you're going to get in 2023, it's hard to kind of project or predict what you should do in 2024 because there's so many options. Um, I think with Brandon Ayuk, you kind of find yourself in a position where the Niners are kind of found themselves with a lot of their players, a lot of their first round picks, mind you, Eric Armstead, uh, Debo Samuel, who's a second round pick, but situation of you know towards the end of your contract you have an amazing season and you find yourself saying pay me i want my money and it's well deserved (laughs) it really is But that makes the team question: Is this a one-year wonder, or is this who you are going to be as a player? It worked with Eric Armstead. Is it gonna work with Brandon Ayuk? We don't know. It worked with McGlinchey, but when you have guys like Solomon Thomas and you know you have guys like Javon Kinlaw who aren't getting their options picked up, you do have to ask yourself: uh, Is there a chance we get burned here? And San Francisco has made it a point to pay the players they value. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, they paid him. They valued him, obviously moved on, but they did pay him. They weren't afraid to trade for and eventually have to pay Chris McCaffrey. They paid Debo Samuel. They paid George Kittle and Fred Warner. They went and bought Mooney Traverius Ward as a free agent. They are going to pay Nick Bosa, hopefully soon... They have paid Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead. Like, they have made it the point to pay people they value. But the question is, have they paid too many people where they aren't even going to have the opportunity to pay Brandon Ayuk? Which I think is the bigger conversation. Um, I don't think it's a conversation of, do they want to? Of course they do. Yes, they want to pay Brandon Ayuk. Like, duh, I want to pay him right now. <laughs> But they have to look themselves in the mirror and say, can we financially make this investment in him? And unfortunately, San Francisco finds themselves in a position where they already have more money allotted to next year's or 2024's salary cap than allowed. Like they're already over next year's salary cap. So that could be as simple as restructuring somebody, or trade we don't see, or, you know, how they want to wiggle around certain things, but at this very moment, San Francisco is in kind of a save-as-much-as-you-can-now mode because, you know, we've talked about, you know, trying to sign an edge rusher and how they have enough money, but in credit to David Lombardi and Matt Barrows, I was listening to them talk about it, and they said that, no, like, this team feels like they're ready to go into the year with Drake Jackson and, and Beal and Farrell, and Hargrave, and Bosa, and guys like that to kind of figure out this pass-rushing group. Um, but on top of that, they mention that this team, their $9 million they're saving, they want to carry that over into next year. And when you pay Nick Bosa, that should go up a little bit, maybe around 12 to $11 million, maybe even higher depending on how they structure that. But they want to save money. And I think the reason they want to save money is not only to eventually pay certain players, but when they have to restructure guys, they want to be able to keep star players. They want to be able to, hey, like, we traded up for Brandon Ayuk. We got back into the first round for him. He's shown he can play very well. Let's keep him. Let's, you know, like, it's always good to keep players you draft because it shows how well you did. This isn't a Ruben Foster where he was just a bad person kind of thing or a Javon Kinlow can't stay healthy kind of thing. This is a player who has been on the field, been a good person, and been successful in multiple facets of the game for you. You want to keep those players. And so for San Francisco, I think they find themselves in a position saying, we want to do this. We don't know if we can, but we are going to do what we can to at least hopefully keep that door open as long as possible now you can structure contracts in so many different ways and I think statistically I think you would have to lean towards Debo Samuel's prior success as to that's the guy we would keep um but again do you look yourself in the mirror as a fan as the team as myself and say I'd rather have Debo Samuel off the team and have Chris McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk be on the offense. Um, Like, who's more replaceable, though? That's also a big question. Can you replace Debo Samuel? Some might say you kind of already have, or at least a part of, in Chris McCaffrey. Some might say you can replace Brandon Ayuk a lot easier. He's a route-running, you know, quick-feet, sure-handed receiver that you can find guys like that, albeit... Not as good immediately. (laughs) Let's be honest here. Any receiver that you replace Brandon Ayuk with, if you do trade him, that guy kind of becomes, you know, a one-year-in-the-doghouse-guarantee player. Like Danny Gray, like Pettis, even like Brandon Ayuk himself. It took him, you know, three years to find himself in the NFL. And if you're San Francisco, and I hate to say this, but if you're San Francisco, and you have a star player... Like Brandon Ayuk, and you let's say you feel the need, or let's say they can't pay him at all. We don't have enough money, uh, we don't have enough funds, even after restructuring players to pay you. We have to trade him. One, that lowers his value, but two, you are paying, you are trading away a star player and telling a young player you try to replace him with the weight of the world's on your shoulders to be Brandon Ayuk, if not better. And Unfortunately, San Francisco has a tendency of doing so. Javon Kinlaw, DeForest Buckner being the prime example. But even then, if you want to dive into maybe, you know, a more concentrated area, Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. I know Jimmy G wasn't a star. I know he wasn't, you know, what we hoped he might be here in San Francisco, but he was ultra-successful loved in the locker room and by the fan base or at least a a larger portion of the fan base um and it ended poorly for him being losing in a playoff game and getting hurt again in 2022 but that is another position where san francisco said we're going to draft a younger replacement in hopes he can be better than you while openly telling the entire world we are going to move off of you um it's nothing new for san francisco but, in a situation like that, you are like, you are setting, in a sense, a young player up for failure. Um, Lance has a great team around him, and it's not really his fault he's been hurt, or the team's as well, but that's life. You can argue living up to Jimmy Garoppolo, who I get wasn't amazing, but was good enough for a lot of people, um, and many fans do not like Trey Lance for dumb reasons, but many because of the moving off of Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, had Brock Purdy not come in and save the season, you would have people clamoring for Jimmy Garoppolo to stay. You just would. And that's bad for Trey Lance. Now, that didn't happen, but that would have happened. Mark my words, that would have happened. Um, and for Javon Kinlaw, people do not like Javon Kinlaw. Again, for dumb reasons, but I understand you're not healthy. You have shown no value to this team and we used a first-round pick on you that we got for a phenomenal player in DeForest Buckner who we just basically brought back in with Javon Hargrave. Um, So there is that added pressure on to a young player if San Francisco goes down the trading Brandon Ayuk route, but the way I see this is there is no way none, zip, nada, zilch, settle, whatever whatever word or phrase or number you want to put that equals the numerical value of 0.000000. There is 0% chance that the San Francisco 49ers are going to move off of Debo Samuel in 2024. They literally can't. They can't. Uh, Debo Samuel is going to make $20.9 million in base salary salary 2024, carry a $28 million cap hit, and a $26 million dead cap hit. They can save $2 million by cutting him and $2 million by trading him. That's not worth it. They're not going to do that. They're going to say you have more value to be on this team right now than trading you away. Like the Niners after 2021 said you have more value being on this team playing on a max contract than you do elsewhere with Debo Samuel. They had offers that weren't weren't great by any means, but they could have traded him and chose not to. Um, they can trade him for a lot less now. Um, but the option there is we can only save $2 million. That's not worth it. You you can do very little with $2 million in the NFL. Especially when it comes to picking Debo or Brandon Ayuk. Like, that's not enough to make anyone sway or, or change their mind. Like, Brandon Ayuk's not going to say, yeah, I'll play for $16 million. Like, I think what is more likely here, and I do think that the Niners truly have four, four legit options here when it comes to the future of Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel in 2024, and it doesn't come down to one or the other or both or not. It comes down to making the smartest and the simplest and the most logical conclusion, the most logical answer here, decision-making is these four things. The first one is extend Brandon Ayuk, which right now seems impossible due to money allocations. That's one option. Right now, that is physically and financially impossible. You cannot do that right now. The other thing is, like we discussed, you can trade a first-round pick or trade Brandon Ayuk for a first-round pick and try to replace him. That to me seems of one of the options when it comes to moving off of Brandon Ayuk. That makes the most sense if that is the route they choose to go down. Um I think they've done it so many times. Kinlaw, Lance, even Hufunga, granted, wasn't traded for, but was drafted as a replacement, which isn't, you know, groundbreaking, but you know, a young player brought in to replace a veteran player. Teams do it all the time. San Francisco has done it in the first round, trading up all the time. Even trading away the player they're going to replace for a first round pick to replace him with a player. (laughs) Like, they do it a lot. And if they do it again, it wouldn't shock me, even if they didn't want to. That is an option they've done a handful of times, and I can easily see them doing it again. The other thing is they can trade somebody else and free up cap room they could theoretically trade Eric Armstead after this year, he'd be an aging defensive lineman, and they can trade him and save $11 million. Now, is that enough to bring in guys, pay your draft class, and extend Brandon Ayuk? I don't know. That's up to what San Francisco wants to do. Don't forget, they have their first round pick finally back this year, Um, so that could factor into what they want to do. Maybe if... If it comes to trading Brandon Ayuk in 2024, maybe it comes down to, okay, now we have two first-round draft picks. Let's trade up even higher and get into the top five or top ten. Like, there are options there because, let's be honest here, we have no idea what's going to happen. So, this team, the entire... Like, we cannot be alive tomorrow (laughs) like for Kyle Shanahan. So, like, we have no idea what the future holds, but let's say this team is still really good they're still, you know, a top five team in football with this roster and having plenty of success still, that pick is likely at least going to be, you know, 24 and up, right? Well, if they have two first round draft picks, if they trade Brandon Ayuk away, let's say to a team in the top 13, okay, well you have, let's say you have pick 25 and 13, that can get you into the top 10, like it really should be able to. Um, So maybe that's an option, maybe it's, you know, putting picks together and making a package pick or package trade for a kind of high-end, you know, bona fide star receiver, which doesn't seem like what this team would do. Um, Debo Samuel, second-round pick. Dante Pettis, second-round pick. Brandon Ayuk traded up for a late first-round draft pick. Um, This team has seen plenty of star receivers uh, in their way, Um, even when... Javon Kinlaw was on the board, so was Henry Ruggs, which, yikes, but Jerry Judy, who has shown some ability here and there, but has been injured, but more importantly, uh, CeeDee Lamb was there. Uh, Go back and listen to this podcast four years ago. I was yelling and screaming, saying, why did you not pick CeeDee Lamb? And I think in retrospect, you know, 2020 is always nice to have, right? Um, I was right, (laughs) but You want to give Javon Kinlaw the benefit of the doubt, but this team, like, this Niners team does not feel like a roster that, or an organization that wants to trade up for a high-end receiver. They want to draft a receiver they like and develop them. Now, could that be a top-ten guy? Sure. That seems to be more likely a, you know, high-second, fourth-round guy. You know, your Danny Grays of the world your Juwan Jennings, who was a seventh-round pick, um, even guys, you know, again, like Ayuk, Ayuk was not a top-ten pick, he wasn't top-15, he wasn't even top-20, like, he was, like, what, 22, 23, whatever he was, like, he was inside the 20s, he was not a, you know, high-end pick, and many players, or or many draft, you know, gurus thought he was a second-round pick, um, I know the Packers are mad about that, because they wanted to draft him and pick George Love instead, but, My point more so is that it doesn't feel like the solution to this is trade Brandon Ayuk away for a first-round pick and get a high-end top-of-the-line receiver. It feels more like if you're trading Brandon Ayuk away, you're either, you know, filling a hole elsewhere or you're drafting a kind of a guy who sits for a year and learns or is playing for a year and, and kind of finds himself in Shanahan's doghouse where you're like, you're having no impact until he explodes, um in his highest potential in a year, three years down the road. That seems more likely to me. The last option you have when it comes to what to do with Ayuk and Debo Samuel, and this seems to be the most reasonable option. This seems to be, you know, the more likely option of the four, maybe outside of extending him, which, again, if you can't do it financially, here's the way to get around that. You start restructuring players... Even someone like Debo Samuel, you add in ghost years, D Ford's taking up eight plus million dollars on this team's current salary cap. This team is not afraid not afraid to pay players that are not going to be on this team, as long as it means freeing up cap space to extend star players like Kittle and Warner and Samuel, and in this case, potentially Brandon Ayuk. Like, this team is not afraid to pay guys you know, top-of-the-line money, high-end money to not pay, not play for them, if it means getting and keeping guys like CMC and Ayuk and Debo and Warner and Kittle, so that's an option, you know, restructuring guys like Chris McCaffrey, which they did this past offseason, restructuring guys like Warner and even Javon Hargrave and Mooney Ward and, you know, I'm going to assume guys like Hufunga are going to want to get paid too if they stack another good season on top of their last year in 2022. Um, Dre Greenlaw can get restructured. and There are plenty of players that could get restructured. And vice versa, there are plenty of players they're paying now that could easily be replaced when it comes to 2024. If D. Winters is really good, maybe that makes Dre Greenlaw expendable. If, per se, Drake Jackson's really good... They may not have to pay him high money or don't feel the need to go out there and pay for veteran, you know, the the Arden Keys and Clellan Farrells of the world. Maybe they go, it's Nick Bosa and Drake Jackson, a two-man army, go get the quarterback. Um, or they say, George Kittle, you're getting older. Um, let's let's figure this thing out. Let's extend you and lower your cap. Like there are so many options here. When it comes to Brandon Ayuk, it's really not cut and dry of one or the other. This isn't a Brandon Ayuk versus Debo Samuel conversation. This is a... San Francisco has four or five options here they can do. And many of them do include keeping Debo and Brandon Ayuk. Now, you can argue all you want of who's better... I think they both do very different things. I think one's a pure receiver, aka Brandon Ayuk. I think one is a more explosive offensive weapon, aka Devo Samuel. Um, So it really comes down to your preference, but I think, like, this is what I've always said in many of the podcasts, uh, many of the shows, is that it doesn't matter what I want. It doesn't matter what you want either. It matters what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch want. Now maybe John Lynch is doing TV by 2024. We have no idea, but you know, it really comes down to what do they want to do? And I think they have shown over the course of their tenure here, they want to keep their star players, pay the players they've drafted who have succeeded and in return, reward the players they have been able to trust with the football in high leverage moments. And that's been Brandon Ayuk at least for one year and has also been Debo Samuel. Um, Debo Samuel was integral in 2019 in that run towards a near victory in the Super Bowl. And he was also integral in 2021 and also 2022. Brandon Ayuk in 2021 and 2022. Like, they have two guys that have played big-time minutes... Minutes, it's not the NBA, but snaps. um, (laughs) And have had many big catches many big plays and big moments they want to keep both of these guys and when the question becomes can they the answer is yes like they can keep both of these guys but I think to flip that the question really shouldn't be can they keep them the question should be what do they need to do to keep them and I think that's where things get tricky do you have to trade Eric Armstead? Is it worth trading Eric Armstead and and you know after this year, in 2024, to keep Brandon Ayuk? Is that worth it for this team? And that may look different once this year's over with. Like things can change a lot. Like guys get hurt, guys have bad years. So many things can change. So when when you see this conversation of it's Debo against Ayuk, it really isn't. What it is, is, does the organization have the means to re-sign both of them? Not right now, but they can. And how does San Francisco make that path clear? It's going to take some work. It's going to take many of many of restructuring. It's going to take maybe a massive trade. like. But I think we have seen over time that San Francisco has learned from a lot of their mistakes. Sometimes you have to make a mistake to learn from that. Um, I think Kinlon DeForest Buckner being the prime example. I think even right now, I think they are learning a little bit of what the Trey Lance situation has been. Is that a mistake? I don't know. But I do think it is a learning situation for them. It's a learning ex- experience for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan to say, how can we get better from this? Because we've seen guys like Hufunga, who was a six-round pick, grow and learn. And Greenlaw, and Warner, and Kittle. Like, there's too many examples, even Brock Purdy. There's too many examples of low draft picks succeeding on this roster that may make them say, we don't need to sign Brandon Ayuk. We can just draft the guy in the fifth round and just let him go out there and play wild. Or, on the inverse they can say, there's nobody like Brandon Ayuk. Like, we have learned that there is nobody out there in the market, in the draft class, worth what Brandon Ayuk is worth. To us, we have to resign him. Eric Armstead, goodbye. Or, restructure and extend and do certain things to open that path for them. But as of this moment, I think that conversation of Brandon Ayuk for Steve o. Samuel really shouldn't even be happening. But because it is and many fans, and even podcasters out there are having this conversation. I don't think this conversation is, you know, a 1v1. A it really is a conversation of, does San Francisco have the means? Yes. Can they make it happen? Yes. Should they? In my opinion, yes. Will they? We'll find out, but... I think it would be in this team's best interest to keep their stars, and I think they would agree. Um, they could have traded Kittle... They could have traded Armstead. They could have traded, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo at a certain point. They could have traded many players they have, and they didn't because they want to pay their stars. They want to pay their high-end players, and I think Brandon Ayuk, when it's all said and done, some way, somehow, that is going to get done after this season. They're not going to let him play on the fifth-year option. They rarely do that to guys they want to pay, but I will say this, of all the players that have played on the fifth-year option, um, I think Brandon Ayuk is one that they actually do want to wait and see what he can do. They were going to pay Bosa no matter what, it was just a matter of how much, and Defensive Player of the Year makes that a higher price tag. They were always, 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 going to try to pay Mike McGlinchey, but found out he was going to price himself out of the market. They said, okay, we have Colton McKivitts. We feel comfortable doing so. Like, they they had prepared themselves to lose him, but said they wanted to get that done. Um, They've always sat back and said, hey, look, like, we, we want to keep our stars. But I do think of guys like Armstead and Buck, even Buckner, they wanted to pay him. They just couldn't. Find the the right money, and said, "Let's shift and maneuver." San Francisco is always shifting and maneuvering around. How can we find the right way to win and the quickest way to win? Those things hurt sometimes. (laughs) Those moves they make hurt sometimes. But I do think that in this case, he is going to find himself in a situation like a Debo Samuel, like you know a a Nick Bosa, and say fifth year option, go out there put two seasons together once you do, um, that'll be great. But I do think Ayuk does find him in in, in a situation where I think they want to see him do it again. Um, that wasn't the case for Bosa. That wasn't the case, you know, for guys like Debo. They knew what they had in Debo. He just happened to have an, an insane year in his fourth year of his contract. Um, or, or third year of his contract, excuse me. Um, but... I think, I think they do want to see it again. They know it's there from Ayuk, but I do think they're kind of waiting to say, can you do this two years in a row with this many stars on this team? We know what Kittle is. We know what CMC is. We know what Debo is. Who is Brandon Ayuk? We have a good idea, but I think they want to see it again because it reaffirms in your mind, we have to pay you. Like, I, I don't think they have any problem with Ayuk having another 1,000-yard year and saying, we'll pay you. You're worth a lot to us. But I do think they want to see that play itself out before saying, yep, we're going to pay you all the money. There's a reason Ayuk is not paid right now. They want to wait and see what he can do. It's smart financially. It makes a ton of sense. That being said, I think Ayuk gets paid. I think Debo stays. But guess what? We have a whole year. We have a whole year to go. No need to rush. There's 17 games ahead of us. That's not including preseason, that's not including a hopeful playoff run, that's not including even training camp. We have so much time to look at this and dive into it. I'm sure we are going to revisit this conversation in less than a year and say, Brandon Ayuk shouldn't get paid, or Brandon Ayuk pay him right now. That's how this stuff works. But if you want to go to a game or a training camp or a hopeful playoff game, heck, if you want to see Taylor Swift in concert and she's on SeatGeek.com selling tickets, you can use our promo code 49ersAccess, 49ERSACCESS, at SeatGeek.com. Save yourself $20 off your first purchase. You can also follow us on social media at 49 erscom .access is the Instagram. Florida Niners underscore access is the Twitter. It's on screen now. It'll be in the description as well. And on top of that, if you want to buy some Niners merch and support the show in the meantime, use our Fanatics link above and down below in the description. With all that being said, all that being said, we are only a handful of weeks away from Niners training camp. I can't wait. I'm hoping to go gotta wait a little longer that being said you have been listening and watching to the forward matter access podcast and until next time my name is sterling bennett asking you telling you demanding that you like share subscribe leave that review this has been the forward matter access podcast and stay faithful